was delivered to the leaders of the Overseas Missionary Fellowship at conferences in Singapore in 1964 and 1966. It was then suggested that these messages should be amplified and shared with a wider public. The author has acceded to this request. The principles of leadership in both the temporal and spiritual realms are presented and illustrated from both Scripture and the biographies of eminent men of God. Not every reader will have access to many of the biographies from which these illustrations are drawn, and this had encouraged the author to include pertinent incidents from the lives of men whose leadership has been more than usually successful. Whenever possible, sources are indicated. In the case of Scripture references, that translation has been used which appeared to the author to be most accurate and luminous. The material has been presented in a form that is calculated to be of help even to younger Christians in whose hearts the Holy Spirit is working to create a holy ambition to place all their powers at the disposal of the Redeemer. If there is something, too, that will rekindle aspiration and crystallize a fresh purpose in the hearts of those further along the road of leadership, the aim of the book will be realized. J. Oswald Sanders Chapter 1. An Honorable Ambition To aspire to leadership is an honorable ambition. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, New English Bible. Should you then seek great things for yourself? Seek them not. Jeremiah chapter 45, verse 5. Most Christians have reservations about aspiring to leadership. They are unsure about whether it is truly right for a person to want to be a leader. After all, is it not better for the position to seek out the person, rather than the person to seek out the position? Has not ambition caused the downfall of several otherwise great leaders in the church, people who fell victim to the last infirmity of noble minds? Shakespeare expressed a profound truth when his character Wolsey said to the great English general, Cromwell, I charge thee, fling away ambitions. By that sin fell the angels. How can a man, then, the image of his Maker, hope to profit by it? No doubt Christians must resist a certain kind of ambition and rid it from their lives, but we must also acknowledge other ambitions as noble, worthy, and honorable. The two verses at the beginning of this chapter provide a warning and an encouragement for sorting out the difference. When our ambition is to be effective in the service of God, to realize God's highest potential for our lives, we can keep both of these verses in mind and hold them in tension. Part of that tension is the difference between Paul's situation and ours. We may understand his statement in terms of the prestige and respect given to Christian leaders today, but such was far from Paul's mind. In his day, a bishop faced great danger and worrisome responsibility. Rewards for the work of leading the church were hardship, contempt, and rejection. The leader was the first to draw fire in persecution, the first in line to suffer. Seen in this light, Paul's encouragement does not seem so open to misuse by people merely seeking status in the church. Phonies would have little heart for such a difficult assignment. Under the dangerous circumstances which prevailed in the first century, even stout-hearted Christians needed encouragement and incentive to lead. And so Paul called leadership an honorable ambition. The same situation faces Christians today in certain parts of the world. Leaders of the church in China suffered most at the hands of communists. The pastor of the little flock in Nepal suffered years in prison after church members had been released. In many troubled areas today, spiritual leadership is no task for those who seek stable benefits and upscale working conditions. 
Paul urges us to the work of leading the church, the most important work in the world. When our motives are right, this work pays eternal dividends. In Paul's day, only a deep love for Christ and genuine concern for the church could motivate people to lead. But in many cultures today where Christian leadership carries prestige and privilege, people aspire to leadership for reasons quite unworthy and self-seeking. And so, Jeremiah gave Baruch some very wise and simple counsel. Should you then seek great things for yourself? Seek them not. Jeremiah chapter 45 verse 5. The prophet was not condemning all ambition as sinful, but he was pointing to selfish motivation that makes ambition wrong. Great things for yourself. Desiring to be great is not a sin. It is motivation that determines ambition's character. Our Lord never taught against the urge to high achievement.